What is up, good people? Welcome to Music Mostly, our show where we celebrate the music that is important to us. Thank you so much for joining us. First and foremost, every week we like to give a giant shout out to our service industry sisters, brothers, and all the others out there trying to bring a little normalcy back to your life. Fellas, we had Christmas this week, and it was a slow week. Like, it's a notoriously slow week in the industry. It's cold as hell outside, which is like the opposite of being hot as hell. But anyway, people just aren't making, you know, they're not making money. So if you're out there, if you are out, just be generous and be kind and wear a mask, sanitize your hands, and don't make, like, stupid jokes, like, freaking I'll take a Corona minus the virus. Like, just nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So, uh, just remember, those people are out there working. They're working hard. So be kind to them uh, as you enjoy your holiday season as best as any of us can this very, very weird year. You guys got anything else to say about that? I did, but now I'm letting it go. So, no. <laughs> Why would I say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I am your host. My name is Will Olson, and I am fucking stoked to be here. Uh, it is the day after Christmas as we record this, and I am joined with my good friend and regional icon, Mr. James Raymond Scott. Hello, Jimbo. Hello. And the two of us are joined, as always, by our friend and superlative audio engineer, Mr. Brian Gardner. Brian, how are you today? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Feeling good. Everybody have a good yeah. Christmas? It's pretty good holiday? Cool. Yeah, it's cool. It was different, time? But, but good. Different, but good. Yeah. Different. Uh, for me, it was like, usually I just kind of lounge around Christmas Eve and Christmas in my pajamas all day and yeah. and it's a great time, but I just, it's usually a break from like my normal day to day, but it's just not so much this year. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> let the good times roll. I think that's true. And I feel like, I feel like as much as it was exactly like every other Christmas, it was exactly like a lot of days where you don't actually do anything or you do nothing for a long time and suddenly do something. And then it's like, eh, well, that's what we do these days. We do yeah. nothing and then we do something. <laughs> I did something today. I went to the Corning Museum of Glass and it was awesome. That place um, is really great. I, I, I've never had a bad experience. It's always super fun. It's great. And they were doing, they're doing a really, really good job uh, with all the COVID stuff. I mean, there's yeah. hand sanitizer everywhere. They take your temperature with like a freaking infrared camera thing. Rectally? You have to drop No, no. Opposite of that. <laughs> oh. I, what is the opposite of rectally? There's no no touching whatsoever. Hole? I don't know. <laughs> God. Through urethra? I don't think that's a thing. Uh, no, they're really good. And they were asking everybody to just only go to like one glass blowing demonstration and they're keeping everything distanced and, and they just were doing a really really good job 
they did a really good job in the cafe. We had lunch there. The food there is all is exceptional. It's I've good. That. It is quite that. good, yeah. actually. They, um, so it was impressive. It was and it was nice. It felt like a little normal, you know. It was nice to actually go somewhere and do something, which I feel yeah. like I haven't done in months. Yeah. And it was a good time. Something is always a little better than nothing, I find. You know, you're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a lot of great truths, but that may be one of them. That's that's put that gonna, on my tombstone. I mean, James uh, Scott, something is typically a little better than nothing. I, I'm I'm putting that in my um, get T-shirts made list. I was right going to say at least make a T-shirt or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, gentlemen. It was a beautiful summer night. The moon was full and the stars were out. Two boys crept through the woods. They had successfully slid by the counselor's cabin and snuck out of the campsite. They're about halfway to the bathhouse where the two girls that they were going out with were supposed to be waiting for them. They had arranged this after hours meetup at bathhouse three because bathhouse three was the one the girls would normally go to from their campsite. If they were spotted, they could just claim they were out using the facilities. The boys, on the other hand, were all the way across camp. They would normally use bathhouse one for a middle of the night situation. Truth be told, they'd first be asked by the counselors why they weren't just peeing in the woods if they had to go so bad. Anyway, our heroes were on a mission. Untold amounts of hand-holding and quick kisses on the cheek awaited. I was one of the two boys. I remember this escapade like it was yesterday. The year was 1992. Under the bridge by the Red Hot Chili Peppers was the hot jam of the summer. Counselor Chris would play it on his acoustic guitar and the entire camp would sing along. The song will forever remind me not of reconciling my life choices while smacked out of my head underneath some freeway overpass, but of sneaking out of the campsite to meet the girls. How did it end up, you wonder? Well, me and my buddy, let's call him Chris, we were all set to meet up with his girlfriend, Jessica, and my girlfriend, we'll call her Molly Ringwald, because she has a unique name, and she may someday listen to this third-rate podcast and dispute my memory of these events. <laughs> I was 13 years old and had not yet done anything that would besmirch anyone's reputation. But this night, well, this night, something besmirchable lurked just around the corner. Not like the last night or the one before that or the one before that where the girls didn't show up. I don't know how we just kept not getting caught. Anyway, we crept up to the bathhouse and tonight the girls were there. It was going to be a good night. There was about to be so much awkward silence you'd be able to hear. The Boy Scouts three miles down the river as they did whatever Boy Scouts did after dark. <laughs> we hung out for a few minutes because when you're 13, you'd spend all night sneaking around in the dark to hang out unchaperoned with your girlfriend for three minutes. We said our goodbyes the way teenagers do. Chris, he wrapped Jessica up in a real kind of dippy hug and kissed her real good. Me? Well, I was about to have that first real kiss. That herky-jerky one where neither of you can get it together. And by the grace of God, you both bail out at the same time. That kiss. That's the one I had when we busted out. There's so many things about summer that are just magical when you're young. All the free time, swimming pools where people just go around half-clothed, latchkey friends whose houses you can just chill at all day unsupervised. But one of the most magical things about summer when you're young is the summer jam. You remember them. The very first note transports you back to a simpler time. You may think immediately about that girl or that boy of that summer. Or you may think about a car or a field or a pond whatever symbol of freedom and ecstasy that Summer Jam reminds you of. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The songs of Summer. Before we do that, though, Jimbo, what have you been listening to this week? Uh, I don't know, man. I just feel like what you were just talking about was like either leading to like a 
Jason's going to hack her, somebody's head off or like, <laughs> or, or like, um, a wet, hot American summer where uh, it ends up in that weird, like <laughs> not weird, but awesome gay, like sex scene. All of a sudden it's like, here it comes, here it comes. And you're like, Oh, it's two dudes. No. You know, that was Bradley Cooper's first on-screen kiss. That was, that was really, it was outstanding. It was like uh, on so many levels. Was that, uh, and Michael it was like, Black, it ma- makes that, the, the yeah. viewer be like, yeah, here it comes. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, <laughs> uh, it was so good. I thought you were headed in one of those directions. I've been listening to the DeLorean sisters a lot. Uh, I think I was also listening to, well, of course, always Julian Casablancas. Can't, can't stop him. You listen to that dude a lot. Ugh, it's a little, it's, it's getting, it's going to be a problem. It's really becoming an issue, and I hate myself for it. But I'm like, really got a what else can I do? Back there. It's like it's like putting your finger down your throat to throw up. You know, it's like that's kind of how I feel about you. <laughs> At this point, it's not it's not great. Um, and then also some uh, Bird and the Bee, because uh, yeah, there's that Van Halen cover record that they put out that was mm-hmm. kind of awesome, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of couldn't quit it this week. So there you go. Nice. Uh, Brian, what have you been listening to? Um, Minus the Bear. Oh, I love Minus the Bear. Which uh, was in the the theme of the Summer Jam. There was uh, two of their albums that were really big summertime things for me. So they were just, I don't know. When I think of Summer Jams, I'm always transported back to my younger days, like early memories of, of things. But this one is more recent and later in life like post-college so i was listening to that because it's pretty good nice nice i yeah what are you listening to, to will what are you listening to exclusively christmas music always oh boy yeah i i love it i was listening to a lot of jazz a lot of the old stuff some of the newer stuff uh but yeah pretty much exclusively christmas music this week it's been pretty awesome a lot of cooking a lot of listening to christmas music mm-hmm. I like to season. listen to it like to the point where by the new year, I'm like, okay, I'm all set with that for the next 11 months. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's kind of the point, right? That's, that's what you want. I, that's the, I, I feel like I just have a higher threshold for that than most people do. I have zero threshold. I, I, I want to leap out of a tall window when I hear Christmas music. But Oh, I, I missed that entire part. You guys froze up, but. I imagine now that it was a Christmas record of a certain um, ilk. No, I listen to all of them. Any and all. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I know we had this argument um, last week about like Neil Diamond and and uh, like it wasn't an argument; it's more of a discussion. Neil Diamond, of course, obviously, because <laughs> Neil Diamond's all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but also Ray Charles, I believe I spoke of his my yes. favorite Christmas record. Fantastic Christmas record. I, I did listen to that this week. Oh my God. Is it bringing up your right to your knees and just it chokes That's your so tears good. out of your butthole? Mm. Well, 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 there you go. I guess we should have a little descriptive. Uh, that was on that note, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, we are going to take a break from winter and talk about summer jams. We'll be right back. And we are back. We are talking about summer jams. And so, Jimbo, I got a question for you. What makes a good summer jam? 
Well, Will, before we get started on this and before I start doing any research or even thinking about what summer jams really were, I had a pretty clear idea in my head what I thought they were. And I, I broke it down to a series of sort of like pop gimmicks that made a summer song. And, and I was thinking about like a certain type of summer song and not thinking about really what time of year that song came out or how it affected the people that were around at that time or in that perfect little stage of their life where they were more affected by music than actual society or music was society for them or whatever. So um, I'm just going to list them off. Um, yeah, do that. Well, and I want to emphasize also the only reason I did this is because I hadn't actually looked at my own summer jam selection. Um, I, I, I hadn't even thought about it. I just said, well, here's what I think. Blah, 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 blah. Made a list. Just being a douchebag. Here's what I had. Mentioning or singing about summer. <laughs> in a song. True. Right, right. <laughs> Well, okay. that's true. Um, like, uh, or like putting it in the title. Like, right. remember the uh, the boys of summer, hot fun in the summertime. By by, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Um, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I always summertime. think of that one. Oh, what's what's the uh, what's the uh, the car song? Summer, doom, 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 upside doom, down. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. it's magic. Pew. What's that? What's that song called? I know what song you're talking called, about, but I don't know what it's called. It's but got to anyway. hold on you. It's got to hold on Well, so do you think, I mean, those are like written to be summer, like right. summer jams, kind of like movies are, are produced to be summer blockbusters. Well, like, those okay. are written. And admittedly, a lot of these things, uh, not these songs in particular, but a lot of the ones I'm talking about would have made their way into a film or maybe they came from a film that help perpetuate the sale of a, of a, you know, a huge blockbuster movie with right. tons of merchandising and maybe some catchphrase that made it to like a hat or something. So, you know, Oh, there was like that POD song from that surfing movie. Um, what was it? They, I mean, they, it was alive was the name of the song. And oh yeah. 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 I remember. Or something. I told like that. That. But it yeah. was like, for the very um, first time. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one. And it became like a song of summer because of that. I don't yeah. think they recorded it for the film, but it got picked up by right. the film. Right. Um, another one of these mechanisms I think is hand claps. When you hear somebody okay. go, when you hear somebody going, yeah, it's very summery. Yeah. It either sounds like Motown or just like a sweaty neighborhood or something like where it's summertime and like, man, I wish we could go to like the side of a Creek or the ocean or something. And just like, but mm -hmm. it's Oh man! Wait a minute, Mister Postman. Right, but also, <laughs> it's 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 also like, oh Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you're so fine, hey, Mickey. Well, and right, and so I want to bring that up. I want to bring that up too. Well, I so while while you were talking about that, I, I was listening to a, a playlist today that was like Summer Jams of the two thousands, and that Fifty Cent song in the club or in the club, mm -hmm. uh, in the club. that has that has a hand clap instead of a snare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like. And and there were a couple other hip hop tracks in that playlist that were similar, where like it, it, what if it didn't replace the snare, it was in there. It's a it's a summertime thing. Yeah, I, I didn't really I kind of noticed it. I didn't really put that together though. But I was like, huh, that's not a snare. Yeah, it's a clap. Um, that's good. Yeah. And then that brings me to the other. I'm going to skip to like one of my last points because I just mentioned it. But shouting out in unison, like a chorus. There's no melody mm -hmm. to it, but shouting things out in the mm -hmm. '80s, like in unison. I think it might have started with like 
uh, fucking the Bay City Rollers or something, you know, like it didn't start with them. It's certainly that's the time, the first time I like really heard it and thought, you know, whatever. It's like, I, I, I can't think of a good example. Well, you think, I think of like the, the Go-Go's, USA. like we got the oh, beat, okay. like. But that's kind of sung and also it's, it's spelling, a little, but it's still like point. it has that like shouting angle well, to it. What is it? The uh, the Authority song by John Mellon came with the Oh sure. no. Like that's kind of similar to that. It's like he's still kind of singing, though. Well, I mean, it's but a it song. They're all too. kind of singing. Nobody's just shouting. Yeah, they are. Hey, Mickey. There's no. There's no one's paying attention. Hey, Mickey. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot. All right. All right. It's a lot of like sing-songy so shouting so and uh, clapping. Hey, yeah. That sort of shouting thing. I can't think of any other. Like sort of just shouting. Everybody's shouting in unison and clapping. Right. That's that's a yeah. That's an '80s summertime beach party. It really is. Beach blankets bingo action. Mm-hmm. And what was the third thing that you had written down that you skipped? Um, spelling things out. R O C K in the U S A. R O C K in the U S. When you start spelling things out in a song, I feel like that's kind of um, summertime action. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. we t- we've taken a break from school, so we're just gonna <laughs> continue. <laughs> Continue your Sesame Street lessons into, you know. Remember um, that, uh, was that the Georgia Satellites with the <laughs> I love you period? Do you love me? Question mark. Is that the Georgia I Satellites? I love you. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't think they had any so. other hit other than um, don't please, tell me no lies and keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> and then the kicker was I want to hold you in parentheses. That was the fourth <laughs> line. It was so bad. It's so good. Are you kidding me? Uh, that is so solid. Awesome. It's amazing. Uh, Those are like the kind of lyrics I'd write. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to hold you in parentheses. Oh, my God. That's all right. All right. All right. And then also, um, I, I'm going to keep going. Describing dance moves in a song. Everybody doing the whatever this dance is. The locomotion. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever the dance is. Like you're, you're like teaching people dance moves. To a oh, song. like teach me how to doggy. Or yeah, yeah, like you know, doing the twist, or let's twist again, like we did last or summer. Because the Humpty Dance, doing yeah. the whole verse about yeah. first you limp to the side like your legs is broken. <laughs> <laughs> but these are summer jams, man. Teaching people dance moves, right? Okay. I, I also think okay. So to that effect, if I could add something to it, there's songs that, singing about being young too. I feel mm-hmm. like that happens. Oh, like jams. like um. Rod Stewart that one time before he was so old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's he decided to be time. forever young. The ravages of age. <laughs> no, but like, um, oh, like the way down yonder in the Chattahoochee. Learned a lot about living, a little about love. Oh, the country song. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a country song. Country songs can be summer jams too. Yeah, they can. Man, no lines it's, like, it's, it's like the summer. Dude, I was like singing the, that song the know, other day. Ozarks, man. What is that? Remember, that uh, Barbecue stain that Tim McGraw song. I do remember that. Yeah, not as well as you do. (laughs) He had a barbecue stain on his white t-shirt. T-shirt, yeah, killing him in that miniskirt. That was a big one. That was a big jam. Yeah, that's. You're right. Country does have. You know, I never even thought about it, but boy, come on. She's like, I bet you don't remember me. And I said, only every other memory. I mean, come on. Oh man, a lot of uh, you were gesturing with your hand. It was awful. You're either Italian or being very inappropriate. It's, what does she say in Ferris Bueller's app? When he's like, what's my dad doing? He's licking the glass and making obscene gestures with his hand. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but uh, well, oh, that goes uh, to uh, the point of what a summer jam. I mean, it seems like a lot, having fun, loving, yeah. a lot of loving. You know, find like that. You know, when you discover things about yourself and. Kid Rock had that terrible song, the All Summer Long, right? It was like the oh, Sweet Home the, Alabama sample. Well, not well. It was or, or was it the Werewolves of London? Scene? It was both. Yeah, and it was both, right? What's make it kind of makes it more disturbing that it was both, but maybe the most clever thing ever. I'm not sure. Say what you will about the kid, but he can write a hit. Yeah, that motherfucker <laughs> did it well. <laughs> you're you're on a first name basis now. You call him the kid. The kid. <laughs> I mean, not to his face, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't come up me speaking to him to his face. But <laughs> what's his real name? <laughs> Robert Ritchie. Robert it's Ritchie. Kendrick. Um, the it is Robert Ritchie. <laughs> the um, <laughs> Mr. The uh, Rockastorius. Kendrick Rockastorius, I believe. <laughs> Kendrick Rockastorius. Uh, but I, oh man, remember that? Uh, was that Mungo Jerry song in the summertime? That's that's got to be like the ultimate summer jam. Summertime, uh, whatever weather's. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always thought that was like I didn't know who that was. That's um, who was that? Mungo Jerry. Oh man, it's a little like ragtimey. Yeah, it sounds like it could be like. Maybe Ringo Starr would like had one more that, song. That song has uh, some very problematic <laughs> lyrics. Uh, where he's Sorry. the lyrics are: if her if her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If her daddy's poor, just do what you feel. Well, really, really uh, problematic. That yeah. is questionable. That is definitely on. That's a red flag. Uh, I'm gonna have to flag that. <laughs> but getting flagged. Um, but those, are, I mean. There's definitely like some criteria of a summer. Summer. It's almost like they are written to be lighthearted, written to to kind of I don't know to reminisce to make you kind of think. It does have like I mean, okay. Was it written the sixties, seventies? Any of them. Any, but, any of them. But the point is, it has a timeless feel because it goes back to um 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 um. It's like the umpa thing, like. Yeah. And a summer time, bah, 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 bah. and it feels like vaudevillian. So even mm-hmm. if it was in the '60s or whenever, it was like it, it was comical. It was, it was it was people saw it as like a comic uh, sort of approach at the psychedelic side of or like what was happening, but like from that vaudevillian sort of gypsy music. That's where that vaudevillian shit came from. It's gypsy music. Hmm, that's interesting. Do you guys have any favorite summer jams? Like anything that like you just, it just makes you think of summer. Because if you do, I want to talk about that when we come back. I do. I have some. I got a couple. I, I've, I've, I've got I've got a whole album I want to talk about. Okay. All right. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to talk about some of our favorite summer jams. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're still talking about summer jams on this very, very cold December 26th. We're just going to talk about some of our favorite jams of summer. So for me, I I don't know if you remember this Shaggy's first hit, Oh Carolina. That always 
takes me back. Kind to, of. Uh, it was like ninth grade, ninth, tenth grade when that came out. And that was like a hot song that summer. Was it like swimming like to a dock in the middle of a lake or just like skateboarding around town or what was it? It reminds me of like riding my bike around town, trying to find a gas station that would sell cigarettes to somebody who was 14 years old. <laughs> you know, nice. That type of stuff. I like good stuff. <laughs> um, Jimbo, what's what's one of yours? You wanted to do an entire album deep dive about Summer Jam. Right? Oh, no, 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 deep dive. No, I was just going to say, like, it wasn't like, as I look through, like, s- songs that came out in, like, the years when I should have been really looking around, there were very few that made an impact on me. There were a f- handful, but there weren't that many. I'm just going to tell you, Human League, Don't You Want Me, uh, yeah, Toto, Rosanna, and yeah. Survivors, uh, Eye of the Tiger. Those were all in 82. Nice. In 83, we had... Every breath you take affected everybody because you had to deal with the fact that the police went in that direction, and it, it was a lot of processing. Well, that that was – I mean, was that – I feel like that was a hit for two years, but – It was, but it was that summer that it came out. Was and, it? Yeah. And Eurythmics, uh, Sweet Dreams, come on. That, yeah. was, that was a fucking game changer. Annie Lennox. Nothing has ever been that awesome. Um. Yeah, I'll give you that. And also, the other thing I noticed is that, like, every summer there was, like, some huge hit that was attached to a movie. So this summer in 83, it was Irene Cara, Flashdance, What a Feeling. Take a passion, I am rhythm now. Yeah, that one. What a feeling. Yeah. I remember, all I remember about Flashdance is not, it's not much, but are there, are there boobs in that movie? I just remember it got close. It got really I close. Remember I remember really, really like getting boobs. that. That was like heavily featured in the VCR for me. Like being like, are there boobs there? Well, no, because the whole thing was like, it, it was <laughs> like a was t- t-shirt thing. Yeah. Like all the splashing on like bodies that were just clothed in like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. And the fabrics became thinner and thinner and the fluids became more and more viscous. And eventually, Jesus <laughs> Christ, was that was the um, she's a maniac, maniac. Yeah. Michael Cimbello, yes, you're yeah. correct, sir. Just a steel town, da, 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 da. yeah, that was yeah. Michael okay. Cimbello, I will say again. Are you okay? All right, all right. And '84, Springsteen had uh, "Dancing in the Dark," which oh, I remember that. I don't from, remember I mean, that. I was like, that was a summertime I, jam as yeah, a motherfucker, a right? As shit jam. was. That was out there. That was a big old summertime. Bam, bam. You know, come on. It was huge. That's like everything Cor- about summer. A right very there. young Courtney Cox in the video. Oh, yeah. also cool. Also, this has come up a number of times, but uh, Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. Yeah, summer uh, jam. That summer in 84. And I, I, I don't know why it keeps coming up, but seriously. Because it might be um, the best song ever written. Prince had two solid hits that summer. When Doves Cry and Let's Go Crazy. So that was like, when did, was that when Purple Rain came out? Uh, 84, yeah, that would have been Purple Rain. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so also, I mean, it was perpetuated by a film, but I mean, which came first? The, okay. Um, in 87, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why I skipped three years, but I did. I think I may have tore a page out of my book and not known it. But um, 87, uh, Still haven't found what I'm looking for. U2 puts out uh, Joshua Tree. Okay. That was a big record for me that, that summer. That was, that was pretty one. big. You know, I really, I, I felt ways about stuff. You know, I remember mowing. I was, I was a 
I worked for a living then, you know, so I was like a greenskeeper and I always had headphones on just blasting. This is why I'm deaf today. Just blasting, did you, um, did blasting you the record. Find what you're looking for. I actually still haven't found what I'm looking for. So the song is zapped. It's very, uh, it's, poignant, I, that's poignant. such a great album. It's, really uh, it's such a, it's an amazing album. You know what else happened that year? Somebody should like talk about that album. Suzanne yeah. Vega, uh, <laughs> Tom's Diner. Uh, Luca. Oh, I don't know that one. Just a song about a, a domestic abuse. You know, it was it was it was kind of big and huge, and made me think about it for the first time. You know, like like how it was pushed into the public it was really awesome. Uh, also, it happened this summer, but it wasn't like, hey man, let's go skiing. You know, it was like, oh, somebody's getting abused in the inner city. That sucks. So yeah, the next, yeah, the you're not you're right. In 1988, the next year. We call them GNR because we didn't have time to say their full name. But uh, that was, that's the way we talked in the eighties. Syllabic economy is what I'm interested in, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even call, I'm not even to call it sweet child. I'm going to say S C O M. It'll forever be known as Scom. <laughs> that was that. I mean, that was a huge hit, though. I mean, that was. Oh, I was in fourth grade, I think, when Appetite came out, and. And that song was huge in my life. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And that was like... Yeah, that's a monster fucker. I mean, that song was like how I felt about every girl I had a crush on from like the ages like 9 to like 12. All right. But <laughs> see, at the age I was, it was like standing around bonfires with girls damping, dancing on the top of cars. Like it was like some video that they were actually producing. People were reenacting this stuff. Like, so it'd be like a a bonfire in the middle of this field in state game lands. Somebody's like burning tires and like, there's like <laughs> nine cars playing the same radio station, you know? Yeah, and but it, see, that's what I'm talking about. That is and the, summer. That's the what these song songs comes are about. On, is, and is, like all these yeah. girls like basically jump up on top of cars and take their tits out and sing this song as loud as I can. Oh, God bless them for it. too. I know it yeah, was, absolutely. it's how we lived. It was the eighties. It was a different time. <laughs> Where would we be without it? But, but that's what I think that that gets at the heart of, of what I'm talking about, about these summer songs is it just like, it was almost part of it is like, you have to experience it when you're young for it to be like meaningful yeah. to you. Yeah. Or at least the ones that are the most meaningful to me are the ones that I experienced when I was younger. Yeah. Like they just don't like what when it's just more work and more taking your kids to places like the songs of the summer just don't mean the same. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a different time. Um, uh, I will say also that summer, <laughs> there's a couple more. <laughs> uh, fucking George Michael had faith. That's yeah. mm-hmm. Um We had Def Leppard with pour some sugar on me. Ooh, it's a hot track. How about Billy Ocean with Get Out of My Dreams? <laughs> yes, Get into sir. it. Get into Get my in car. Seat, baby. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Loved him. Oh, my uh, God. Naughty Girls Need Love Too by Samantha Fax. Fox. Fax. She also faxed some, a few things, I'm sure. <laughs> fax was big. It, that, that was like the height of the fax. Like uh, Naughty Girls <laughs> Need Love Too by Samantha Fox. You remember this song? I don't. I don't know that. You have to see. Oh my God! You have to look at the video. Watch the video. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Uh, um, and then and then came 1989, uh, which is the year I graduated and turned 18. 
I don't believe this is my diary. We weren't supposed to be doing it like this exactly. I, I, I would think that, you know, I was going to ask Brian the same question. So I don't know if, if you want to let him talk for a minute or if you just, are you you're good? You're just going to keep rolling? Can I just sum it up real quick? <laughs> yeah. 89, my prerogative, straight up by Paul Abdul. If you knew, know me by now. Simply read, finally covered. And if I could turn back time by our favorite share, but none of these songs were my favorite. The thing that I was listening to in 1989 was XTC Skylarking, which was actually released in 1996, but never made it to my American ears until 1989. I think I just used, I mixed up some numbers, but that's okay. The point is, okay, I was 86, 89 is what I meant to say. Uh, The point is... That was what I was listening to that summer in 89. That was like my biggest year of summer listening. And I thought it was the most effective uh, music for me personally. Full stop. Okay, Brian, you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, mine's going to be a lot shorter. Oh, thank God. Because, <laughs> I mean, I could go on forever, but. Uh, We're I starting have- to see. Jimbo psychosis, where it comes from. <laughs> I have a few big ones. And they, it, you know, what you were saying is that they, tra- it's a specific time of my almost teen to very early teenage years, always, because I feel like it's, it's marking a pivotal moment in my life where things are happening for the first time and whatever may be going on. So, uh, my first one is, well, mine's going to be a little later, too, because I'm going to be in the 90s. Uh, Mariah Carey, Always Be My Baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had my, my first real kiss to that song. Aww. So that one's always going to be special. Did it happen at a boatlet house like uh, our friend Will here? Uh, I, I told the story of my first kiss. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe on- that was, an, it was in my mind. It was in a boathouse. I was like, I no, no, it, was a, it was a bathhouse. Bath, well, yeah. Is that like a Roman Greek thing? I don't know what that means. No, it's a building in a summer camp with toilets and showers in it. <laughs> oh, oh, that's horrible. Uh, mine was on a trampoline. Oh, that's a better story. Do do do. Ow. Well, that explains that chip in your tooth. Uh, so funny, funny story is that the reason why. Yeah, I, I broke my nose and a tooth simultaneously in that same yard uh, by misreading a grounder from a baseball and it like hit a tree root or something and like popped up and smacked my face. Yeah, that'll happen. That's a whole different story. That's why you're so story. handsome now. That's uh, that's not the story we're here to tell. <laughs> that's not. So, but I'm that's go for ba- a different day. I'm going to get back on point. Um, yes, please. And go with the other one. For me, was uh, Harvey Danger Flagpole Sitta. Oh yeah, um, that's not really. Uh, none of these are specifically summer jams in the sense of summer jams. They just make me think of things in the summer. I guess all well, that was so. a big. I mean, that was a one hit wonder. That was from a film. That was from uh, what was that movie called? Danger? No, it wasn't Dangerous Minds. That was actually a really good. No, movie. that was <laughs> that was Coolio. Um, what was it called? Uh, from Dangerous Minds, that that was Coolio, but <laughs> that was Coolio. No, Harvey Danger's one was from that movie about the uh, kids with the lobotomy and the mind control. I forget what it was called. Um, Sounds really yeah. like a Disney. Yeah, film. yeah, yeah. Something. Uh, damn it, I don't remember. Yeah, that's it. gonna bug me. But anyway, 
But that that's like a, that was a big one hit wonder, and you get a lot of one hit wonders as these summer jams. Yeah. I mean, that, well, you know, it, it takes me right to that time of uh, hanging out with my friend. You know, his always like that. His was the summer house, and it was like one of those ones where his mom was loose with the rules. We could hang out. We could go do whatever. We were smoking, you know, in the backyard and hanging out with the girls across the street and just, you know, fucking around mm. being kids. That's an album uh, cover right there. The girls across the street, like an album name or like yeah. <laughs> hanging out with the girls across the street. street. So that you was, know. you know, love that. that. Uh, what, what did you like about him? Proximity. Proximity. <laughs> <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers, my friend. <laughs> uh, all right, and then I had I had one more on there, and it again just throwing a you know those weird ones because it has no real rhyme or reason. But uh, this one's more like skateboarding related, and I don't know. I just remember like getting real amped up in the summertime about this song, was which was uh, "Bulls on Parade" by Rage Against Machine. Yeah. Yeah. That that came out in the summer. I I, I remember uh, that that album actually reminds me of that summer camp that I because I I used to I work there. Like I went there for years and years and yep, years and, and I worked there for a couple work. years. And that came out like kind of right as summer started, and that was it was like a song that like we were we could listen to, but like we weren't supposed to play around the kids. Right, we were counselors. Yep. Yeah, right. That that album. I remember but the kids I, were into it. I remember with that it was like the record that I would take out into. I mean. Like however I was playing it, like just playing through my car speakers or whatever. But I like go out in the middle of nowhere and just blast it really loud and just like the moment like the where I'd just had too much. And I was like, you know what? I need to fucking I need to talk to the sky, you know? Just go out and just like <laughs> on the middle of nowhere, like a fucking rainstorm is you know. I had like yeah. a couple instances where I I used that to like just sort of go out in the middle of a field and just scream. Good one. <laughs> oh, that fucking that fly the song by the flies got you where i want you that, Ooh, that was from yeah. that same movie what movie was that from oh man that's gonna drive me nuts all right i got we gotta look if you up. know what I'm movie fine. that was from please tell please us please call in <laughs> please call in we're live <laughs> <laughs> we, we will this not have pre- figured out this how is to the Google pre-taped that. live show have you seen that <laughs> mr show thing <laughs> yeah. call in next week no no you don't understand it keeps getting messed up <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right well that was summer jams you guys got anything else you want to add oh my god i have so much but, but let's not really i feel like you've done enough <laughs> haven't you done enough i'll have something ready for the lounge i'll have something ready for lounge. <laughs> oh thank you for bearing with us uh ladies and gentlemen it was it's christmas week and we were kind of trying to just do something fun and lighthearted. Uh, but that's it yeah that's the show if you're feeling frisky you can stay tuned after this for the lounge where we get a little loose and talk about this day in music history and a billboard top 10 from back in the day. Yeah, lo- looser than this. If you can imagine that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please tell a friend subscribe and rate and review us on your platform of choice and share us on your social media. If you are kind enough to review us, we'll read it on the show verbatim. We publish through anchor. You can check us out there by going to anchor.fm slash music dash. Mostly. You can subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms. Check out our website at musicmostlypod.com. You can find and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify by searching for Music Mostly Pod. 
We post uh, teasers and stuff like that on Twitter and Instagram, and we publish playlists from each of our episodes on Spotify. You can hit us up at musicmostlypod at gmail.com if you would like to get in touch. For Jimbo and Brian, this is Will signing off. We will see you in the lounge in just a minute. Hey, what's up, good people? We are in the lounge, and we looked into it during the break, and the title of the film was Disturbing Behavior. So give yourself a gold star if you knew that, because we sure as shit didn't. And if you left before we do the lounge, then you'll just then never no, know. You, you wouldn't even know that you're not even getting a gold yeah, star. Yeah, it's just, it's just, no it's reason just floating either. the ether for all of eternity. So, Jimbo, this part of the show is called The Lounge. I know. And Okay. During this part, we like to look at this day in music history. Okay. Uh, uh, so today, it's December 26th. So in 1976, you'd have been what? 15, 16 years old? Oh, five. Five. What's five the matter years old. Okay, so <laughs> what does the matter with you? I was 32 years old. Fucking five years old, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so hurtful oh. on so many levels. I can't, I, I can't believe that. that worked. You, you knew that's where I was going to go with that. Uh, okay, I, I'm a fat uh, old man. Yes, okay. I, I just, for the record, I just said old. <laughs> I appreciate that. Leaving the fat thing out. Um, on December 26, 1976, the Sex Pistols recorded God Save the Queen. Um. I mean that's uh, that's notable. I mean for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I like I really enjoy what Johnny Rotten had become later on. Um, Speaking like, of fat, uh, he, he he never really got fat, did he? I mean maybe he did I, I, recently. I don't, I don't know. Fat in the face, probably. I mean but, it's just COVID, man. COVID's been tough on everybody. It's really hard game. on everyone. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I see uh, James Spader in black, what blacklisted or whatever it's called now. Blacklist, yeah. and it's he's just a stone's throw from from Robert Robert Hollywood in, uh, you know, oh, Robert, Robert California. California, Robert California. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and it's like he's he's lost so much hair, and just like lost so much momentum. Really, well, I don't know. As an actor, he's, he's kind of even better in Blacklist, but. I'm just saying. Yeah, I I really like James Spader. He's, I think he's, he's got really an amazing actor. wonderful God creepiness him. to him. That's God just bless that creepy so, fucker. So good, which he's, is why he was great as Robert California because it, it was just, showcased his his the weird tilting of the head. Creepy. Was the thing. It's like he'd, he'd say something and then he'd just go, yeah, <laughs> and he just put his head a little sideways and it was like he's waiting for your answer. He wants you to also, respond. <laughs> Can we talk about just real quick how that all wrapped up as his character where it's like he was just putting on this big actor. He meets the guy that's supposed to like take over the company. He's like, Bob Casamacus, nice to meet you. They're like, who? What? Wait. (laughs) Robert California. Uh, In 1979. How did uh, that come up, by the way? How did we get to there? I don't don't remember. Okay, forget it. Go, go. Nice to meet you. 1979, the first night of a series of concerts were held at the Hammersmith Odeon, I believe I'm saying that right, in London, for the people of Kampuchea, featuring Queen, The Clash, The Pretenders, The Who, Elvis Costello, Wings, and many more artists. The events, which were organized by Paul McCartney and Kurt Waldheim, were aimed to raise money for victims of war-torn Cambodia. Can you imagine being in that audience that night? Oh, my God. 
It says first night. So, I mean, I I think that it was a several night affair, but still, any of those nights. I mean, that lineup is like a murderer's row. Holy crap. I mean, wow. They're all British, no? Yeah. Um, But the thing you failed to notice, Brian, is that they're all also awesome. Especially wings. Yeah. yeah wings, dude. especially. Band in the run. Wings. Come on. I mean, I, I, I'm i not the... When, when, when wings is the band you're least looking forward to seeing on a bill, like, I'm not saying they're my favorite, but you're doing pretty good if they're, like, the bottom end of a bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You, you got a good good baseline. Yeah. Like, like a murderous row of people you want to see and also Paul McCartney's side project. Yeah. <laughs> is and it band, terrible to say that I would rather see run, Wings than The Who? <laughs> That's probably who? I should probably not say that. But uh I'm glad I didn't hear it. Did you ever hear uh Dana Carvey's story about smoking weed with Paul McCartney? No, but I'm sure it's solid gold. It's 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 pretty funny. I mean, it's quick, but the he so like the gag, I guess, among comedians is people are like, "Yeah, you know, it's, he smokes weed with Paul McCartney." And Danny Carvey's like, I don't smoke weed with Paul McCartney. I'm just saying, if you're at a party and a beetle hands you a joint, you smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a goddamn beetle. He's not yeah. wrong. <laughs> That's so perfect. Um, and it's Paul McCartney. So, I mean, just if he's going to yeah. like me, yeah, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to pick up some of his great, like, melodic scents, like, yeah, osmosis. Yeah. I smoked a joint with Paul McCartney, and like the next thing I know, I'm just right in top 40. Right. Yeah, <laughs> my bass lines have never been better. This is so inspired. Uh, Dana Carvey's impression of Paul McCartney is also solid gold. Yeah. yeah. Look that up. That is good. Uh, in 1981, ACDC started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. album chart for, for those about to rock, We Salute You. The follow-up to their highly successful album, Back in Black. The name of the album was inspired by a book Angus Young read entitled, For Those About to Die, We Salute You, about Roman gladiators. I remember, I remember, <laughs> now, let's check this out. I was like literally cleaning my room and like, and like doing things up, 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 that were good, like was being a good boy, but I was blasting. As I was doing it, I was blasting for those about to rock as bang, loud as I possibly bang. could with the boom box. That Mom I had didn't like time. that one. My mother comes in the room and she's like, can you please find something nicer to listen to? And I mean, I, I maybe went into one of my like, earliest fits of rage. Being like, no, mom, this is I'm cleaning my room. I'm doing the thing you told me to do, but I'm listening to for those about to rock <laughs> the cannons. Oh, man. Oh, so good. It's, it's so good. And it's hard with all the like nowadays, like with everywhere that like heavy music has gone. It's just hard to imagine a time where ACDC was offensive music. I know, I know. <laughs> it's comical now. Like you look at it, it's like it's 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 iconoclastic, and it's absolutely like absolutely necessary. I'm glad that it happened. I will never trade her for anything. I love, I love his guitar tones. I love Brian Johnson's voice. I love, I love uh, 
other guy's voice. <laughs> what the hell is his name? Bon Scott. Bon Scott. Thank you. Bon Scott. Bon Scott. Um, that's awful that I just forgot that because <laughs> that is that is you know Brian but, Johnson. Uh, what's a Bon that's, Jovi? That's not I mean, even no. the, the biggest reason it's awful. <laughs> no, but I mean we could have a whole episode about the difference between the Bon Scott years and the Brian Johnson years, and that's another episode. But we could totally do it. True, and have true. a lot of things to say. Probably could do an yeah. We should do an episode about that. I think that's a genius idea. What do you what do you say? All right. Bon Scott versus Brian Johnson. He's pitting them against each other. It's going to be tough for Bon Scott to compete because he's dead. Well, no, because Peter Gabriel is still alive. And I think that Peter Gabriel and Bon Scott have a kindred spirit in like the quality of their voice, where the voice comes from. It's like pretty fucking close in a lot of cases. I... Yeah, that's sure. something I've never thought about. So I, I never would have thought about the two of them, but we will have to talk more about that at some point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Not at this point. Not I've right tried now, to have this conversation with you, Brian. Point. You just never listen to me. I think it's where you tune me out. You're like, okay, <laughs> this is going to cray cray land. That's a tall drink for that's, that's a tall drink for me, out, Jim. I don't know if I can do it. Tuned out. You can get behind him with the Paul McCartney stuff, but this. <laughs> We can talk about wings until the daylight breaks. Love wings. I'm not going to. Uh, the show or the band? Oh, man. Tony Shalhoub, uh, I just got to say. I oh. started, I started watching Monk again. Also, let me tell you, my family, everybody in my family has like pictures with their arm around Tony Shalhoub from last summer. Yeah, because that don't. was a thing. And I'm like kicking myself or taking that whatever week. I was like, I don't want to go there. It's too weird. I, I, I can't do it. Jimbo, I mean, and, you know they didn't invite you on purpose because they know how you get around celebrities you have a you have a thing <laughs> are you a super fan i'm <laughs> i'm uh, sorry <laughs> it can get bad Let's you have an obsession it can get bad it gets really weird when they realize it's my parents place and i have keys to all the rooms <laughs> yeah no no it would have been fine it totally would have been fine I would like oh, to hang out with those people. That would have been awesome. Do you like meet all those people? Are you kidding me? You're taking them it was lunch. like, they're so good. <laughs> they're, they're really amazing actors. Uh, I w- <laughs> yes, day, I have a super day, fan Jimbo. issue. One I day, once, you're going to have stalked, a show. I, I followed Frank Black around Miami Beach one day. I'm not going to lie to you. And he's, I think he knows it because years later, I, I tried to get – I didn't try to. I was invited backstage – in Syracuse and like he poked his head out and saw me there. He's like, Mm-mm, not that guy. And I was told, no, that guy's not allowed. Um, because I think he remembered me from Miami like, when I followed him around. Oh, I don't want the guy who looks exactly like me who followed so, me around in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like his look. We've got plenty of yeah, that. We've got, got, we got enough of that here. <laughs> what, fat and bald? What are you What are you going for here? It's no it's not homers. a gimmick anymore. <laughs> Just what are you trying to prove, buddy? You, who do you think you are? <laughs> Oh man! All right, so that was 1981. Apparently, on December 26th, nothing happened until 1998. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it is hard finding things that happened in music history the day after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, in 1998, <laughs> the Spice Girls scored their eighth UK number one single with "Goodbye," the first single without Jerry Hallowell, aka Sexy Spice. AKA oh, Ginger how could they Spice. do? How could they do without the um Sexy Spice? I don't oh, know any Spice Girls songs other than. If you want to be my lover, if it would have been mash, mash, mash. Yeah, uh, I, that was a tough I one. I can't say that I. Oh, I they know. had uh, two become one. Um, You're right. I guess you I don't really remember that though. Oh, that's what you mean. 
Always be there. That was that's what that one was called. And then there was the they had that movie. They had the whole spice up your life. Yeah, nah, I was nah, nah, I was nah, way nah, over nah, it at nah, that nah. point. Yeah. Everything you're talking about is like you you like ate too much breakfast cereal or something. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was I don't, I was never part of that world that you're talking about. Uh, I re- I remember thinking about the spice. You're better girl. off for it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and better, better off for it. Way. Thank you. Actually, it's not complete, you. Like I, I mocked my nieces. Like they were listening to that, and I'd be like, "Really? Seriously? This is your any fart noises and so, whatever." Listen to this. It gave the Spice Girls the Christmas number one in the UK for the third year in a row, equaling the record set by the Beatles in '63, '64, and '65. That's fucking crazy. That is insane. That's like cuckoo talk. I can't even believe that that's a thing. Those Brits, it's just because like it became a such bunch. a bigger thing to be a fan of music, and also the population like tripled in like twenty years. That's, <laughs> here we've got ourselves a population. The problem. only reason why this music is popular is because there's just too many people and wow. not enough music Hello. to listen to. <laughs> this this took a turn. Like what? The um, only thing we have to listen to is this because there's too many. I tell you what though. Sadly, one year later in 1999, on this day, uh, this is the day that Curtis Mayfield died. Oh, man. Yeah. Fuck. That, was, that was a sad day. That was a sad day because he was the fucking God man. He was. Curtis and Mayfield. honestly, like, I, I'm like, I've been, I've been listening to a lot of Curtis Mayfield lately. It just comes up. I mean, like, even if you're not looking for it, like, you hear a sample Quality in something, you'd be like, oh, I know where yeah. that's from. And you just, like, dial it back and you find the original track and you're like, oh, I got to listen to that. You just bounce around the house doing dishes, yeah. whatever. So good. Yeah. This is another one. He didn't come up in the samples thing, but I mean, he's sampled all he, over the place. He has been so sampled. He's like, I think, yeah. the third most sampled human being on the planet or something like that. Uh, and like, Move On Up is just one of those songs that I'm just, if you're in a bad mood, that song will pick you right up. Yeah. It's, come on. I, didn't, I mean, it's just the, the drums alone, and it's. Yeah. Move on up. Hush now, child. Oh, you want to know who was born today? Oh, uh, this guy. In 1939, <laughs> Phil Spector was born. Huh. Yeah. He's in prison. So oh, how, how nice for him. <laughs> He's in prison. That's, uh, that guy killed so someone. So 1939 on December 26th is when that nightmare began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. As I'm doing research for these podcasts, his name comes up so often. Oh, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. He's like done everything that's ever happened. And like he's responsible for so many important musical things. But it's so hard to like give that man respect because he was just a bad, bad guy. Yeah. Listen, you know? this, this is his, his thing. He was a member of Teddy Bears who had a number one single in 1958. He went on to produce many classic songs, including Spanish Harlem, The Do Ron Ron, Baby I Love You, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, and Deep River Deep Mountain High by Ike and Tina Turner. Also produced the albums for the Ramones, John Lennon, George Harrison, The Beatles, Cher. Like, ugh, just. Yeah, it's heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching because, like, how do you, how do you, how do you attach your allegiance to that and, like, and, like, say, hey, I like this music? And there's a guy that's so evil that's attached to it. Yep. It's the crazy. The 2003 shooting of actress Lena Clarkson in his home led to the 2009 conviction of murder in the second degree. He is serving a sentence of 19 years to life. Uh, it's just. And he was played by 
None other than Al Pacino. <laughs> I don't know why that makes a difference, but it kind of does to well, me. It's an Oscar bait role. I mean, that's a. Uh, um, in 1953, Henning Schmitz from German electronic music and pop band Kraftwerk was born. Yes. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Um, Sorry. And the, it's just Brockett's. <laughs> I just uh, Brian stepped away and I wanted him to be here so that he could know that in 1963 Lars Ulrich, drummer of Metallica was born because uh, he's like the grandfather of the um, uh, double kick, not really I mean like uh, people have been using it for years but like not in the forefront of musicality and it was amazing that yeah. And his name is Lars, so he's probably from like a Swedish or like Scandinavian. He is country. Danish. Yes, he is Danish. Dane. He's a Dane. He's a Dane, and he was like a child tennis superstar. That is father, awkward guess, and a, weird. Yeah. Um, because, oh, Brian. Brian's back. I want to hear what he has to say about this. So, Brian, on this day in 1963, uh, your boy Lars Ulrich was born. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> Why would he have to be born in this town? <laughs> Why? Can, can, uh, you, can you name his country of origin? The United States of America? No, he's yeah. Danish. No, Denmark. He's, he's, he's from Denmark. He's from Denmark. In 1966, Jay Far- Farrar or Ferrer. I'm probably saying that wrong. Wait, Jay Fart? What did you say? Yes, Jay Fart. No, J- no. J- Farrar J- or Farrar. Ferrer. Jay Farrar. Um, Farrar. Uh, who formed Uncle Tupelo and also Sunvolt. So he was, you know, the guy who's not Jeff Tweedy, who didn't form Wilco. He's the other one. Oh, no, that guy. He's not as clever. <laughs> the other guy. The other guy. Maybe not quite as much of a horse's ass as Jeff Tweedy. I don't know. I kind of like what Jeff yeah. Tweedy did. Like, I think he wrote some, like, pretty serious, like, pop songs. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, they were kind of like good. Wilco. Yeah, I have no problem with his musical body of work. Okay, but you think he's a horse's ass. He's like one of those people that is like if somebody if somebody's like loud in the crowd, he's like, be quiet, they're not here to see you. And it's like, dude, just let them cheer for you. Like don't you wanna be a dick about it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, I think he's doing that as more of a shtick almost. Yeah, it's part it's part of his kind of makes it worse. I don't know, which makes it better. I don't know. know. He was in the um, parks and rec. For that hot second, he, he was, was in the park. Land ho, land ho. Um, he also, I mean, I've seen Wilco exactly one time, and they f- were fucking amazing. Yeah, they're I'm sure, really, I'm sure they're phenomenal. amazing. I've, I've seen, seen them a few. Great. Yeah, they were really good. I, I uh, I'm not a huge fan. It was not even so much that I'm not a fan. Like I, I just, I, I don't listen to them. And, and I went to see them with my wife. She's kind of a fan of theirs, and, and I just didn't really know much of their work. But I, I was like. Blown away. Yeah, and they played forever. And they played like three and a half hours. Yeah, their live like, shows is, is quality, though. And they don't talk. But there's no banter. Nope. No nothing. Very, so, like, if they played little. for three and a half hours, they played music for three hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you like, get your money's worth. It's always interesting uh, Always interesting to me, um, Will. Um, how much music do you and your wife enjoy together? I'd say... I enjoy most music, so I enjoy most of the things that she enjoys. She does not enjoy a lot of the things. <laughs> but we don't like our go-to music does not intersect a whole awful lot. 
do you at least once a week um, listen to music to, together? Not as much as we used to. Um, yeah. Brian, what, what do you think, Brian? <laughs> do, you, do you and Danielle listen to music together ever? We almost couldn't be more opposite in our musical likings, except for very specific things. Uh, like main... baby metal. What's that? Like he baby looks... metal. Yeah. <laughs> anything. Anything Japanese. And... Um, no, it, it's it's like pop punk ska. Uh, that kind of thing. Mighty Mighty Boston's. We listen to a ton. Oh, I remember the dance episode. Yeah. Yeah, we do that. Um, Johnny Cash. We can find ground. Nice. On. It's like punk. Johnny Cash um, is a lot like punk. But mostly, we are on different, different, yeah, planets when it comes to that. But it's you know when we can come together on it, it's fun. Yeah, I would say my wife listens to a lot of stuff that is more laid back, quite like a little more kind of ambient than yeah. the stuff that I tend to gravitate towards. Like I really enjoy stuff that's a little more up tempo, a little more loud, and she doesn't really dig that stuff. But I like all the stuff that she likes. So if we do listen to music together, it's typically something that she likes That's that I also like. like. Kind but of the it's very rarely am I like, like I'm not going to be like, hey, uh, so Less Than Jake put a, just put a record out, and she's going to be like, that's great. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, also yeah. Less Than Jake did just put an album out. They did. They, oh, well, she, uh, hey, great. Have a good time with that. <laughs> they just played a they Nailed played it. A, um, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would actually really like to hear that. Hey, Jimbo, do you want to know who was born on this date in 1971? I am absolutely so enthralled. I have to know. He's technically younger than you. <sighs> All right, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard to hear. Uh, uh, Jared Joseph Leto, American musician with 30 Seconds to Mars, also known as Jordan Catalano from My So-Called Life in the 90s. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's the, he was the Joker in what Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Well, he's he, he's had more of a successful acting Can't career. Let's get away from this. Yeah, but he was born today. He's been in a lot of uh, good movies. <laughs> you know, who was also born today in this day. Oh wait, not this day. My day, the day I was born. Okay, I thought we we're talking about my birthday again. That got <laughs> <laughs> who who do you share a birthday with, Jim? Um, Gilda Radner and Mel Brooks. That's fun. Those are some heavy hitters. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm now, saying. And Mel Brooks, older than you. A little bit. Yeah, by a, by little. a few years. And <laughs> and Gilda Radner also has a couple on me. Yeah. She's like a little bit. I don't know. Gene Wilder claims. I don't know. Gene and I talk. We talk. We talk. <laughs> Once a week, we're on the phone. Um, On December 26th, the Grateful Dead played the uh, Oakland Auditorium Arena. In 1979, 1980, 1981, and 1982. Four years Jesus. in a row. Jesus. I really, I, I'm not going to lie to you, like, I was like, ooh, the day after Christmas. I, I bet we're going to find a day that they didn't play a show. But no, there's no, actually they, no, no. they play even more. <laughs> play even more. So. <laughs> because every, okay. Nothing. Yay, Grateful Dead. <laughs> I know, when I say we're hoping that I find a, a date that they didn't play a show, it's, it's really it's just me just, and just the just other two guys could not care less. But. It's not that. It's not that. I, I'm glad that you have your happy land that you live in. But 
the reality of the issue is that is what now? Nothing. I heard a sound coming from the back of my head. Okay, um, the Grateful <laughs> Dead. What? What are you talking about? Everything's great. I was thinking earlier, and when I was I was listening to um, um, the uh, hits of Edie Brickell, I was wondering about the moment when, like, the Grateful Dead vibe and like Steve Miller band and like stuff that happened in the '80s that was still hippie-ish, like all right. came together, like the New Bohemians, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, damn, it's like oh, it was all then. It's that was another that was another summer jam for me. Okay, the Grateful Dead. I listened to the Grateful Dead in the summer for a lot of years. Okay, I'm, I'm guilty. It's sin. Fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just it's good to get it off your chest, isn't it? Yeah. Support. Share with everybody all the time. Just listen. Hi. I listen to the Grateful my Dead. Name, my name is Jimbo. I'm and a I dead listen to the Grateful Dead this one, this one time. This one time. <laughs> there was. A summer where I did spend a considerable amount of time, and I think it was called Live Without a Net, and I would like to be clear with everyone. Okay, I had done previously that cover record where Suzanne Vega did a Grateful Dead song, and then I had to like... So it was all mixed up in it. And you know who else did the Grateful Dead? You're fucking Perry Farrell. That's who. That's fucking who. You did what now? He did. He did a Grateful Dead cover. Did he? Which one? A lot of people have done Grateful Dead. Um, It's uh, Ripple. Oh God, it's a good song. Yeah, Ripple. You got almost almost listened to American Beauty today. I'll I'll listen to a bad version of it right now. Ripple by. It's not. I think it's James Addiction or Perry Farrell solo. I don't know. There's a record where everyone covers. Oh. And it's um, it's um, China Doll is the one that uh, Suzanne Vega does. It's really good. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I hate the Grateful Dead. Why are we even talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. You brought it up. We, we can move on. I'm just saying, I I, oh, I want. <laughs> I would like to find a way to understand your world, sir. Gotcha. I understand. I understand. All right. Uh, so we're going to do the historic Billboard Top 10 for June 23rd, 1990, because that was the first week of the first summer of the 1990s. I did June 23rd. It's five days before my birthday, June 19. I had... Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, all right, so number one that week was It Must Have Been Love by Roxette. That's a hot track. Yeah. It must have been. Oh yeah, it's all over it's all now. Now. yeah. Big, um, big. You can listen to Jimbo's version if you want to hear it. You know, in key. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You're a better singer than I, which is not saying much. But you're a fabulous singer. Uh, number Thank two, you. "Step by Step" by New Kids on the Block. Mm. I don't remember that one. Mm. Step oh, yeah. I can't like. It's so crazy, like how. I equate the New Kids on the Block with like the '80s, but they were like a thing into the 1990s. It was, well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. They segued. I mean, you know, late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, they were they were there. Uh, number three is "Poison" by Belle DeVoe. I mean, we've spoken at oh, length at about length. that track. That is a hot one. Yeah, goddamn banger. Do you trust a big button to smile? Answer: mm. Never. Never. Uh. Uh, number four is "Hold On" by Wilson Phillips. 
<laughs> that's yeah. a guy. I fucking love that song. So it came up in like what, like the bridesmaids or one of those bridesmaids. Yeah, yeah. Some so some good. Make you wanna... I mean, I I remember uh, that song instantly reminds me of like putting it on this CD player that my parents had. Like it was like the first CD player that we owned, and this was one of the first CDs that like my mom owned. Mm. Was the Wilson Phillips debut album, and like just. As soon as that song starts, really I'm good. instantly transported to like me playing this on that stereo and like really rocking out to it. It's really good. It's good Hard, song. you know. This is what every twelve-year-old boy should do. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> with like a hairbrush as a microphone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was this, and then "Release Me" was the track three or track two, and then "Impulsive" was track three. I mean, it was one, two, three. It was like Dude. bang, bang, bang. Yeah, you know, solid gold all the way through. Uh. Number five is a song called Do You Remember by Phil Collins, Wait, which what, I what year is don't this? remember. It was 1990, and I don't, I don't know that song. I remember. Yeah. Not well, but, I mean, it's Phil Collins, so, yeah. Well, his previous <laughs> one was the um, I Thought You Might Know, like another something in paradise. What, what year was that? Another Day and You and Me in Paradise. Oh, think twice. And then I remember he had this album called But Seriously that was... I remember from the early but, '90s. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. That had, uh, I, had <laughs> I wish it would rain down, and uh, something happened on the way to heaven. Those were two singles off that album that I remember well. I do not remember this song entitled "Do You Remember" by Phil Collins. Don't remember it. Could have been on that record. It's ah, awkward. It's awkward. It's awkward. I, I that you don't actually remember uh, it. Yeah. The uh, the next song, song number six, is "Vogue" by Madonna. I do remember that. That was ninety. I would, well, I would assume you, that was. Can earlier. you let your body move to the um, music? Yeah, I, I can, and I did several times. We all did. She remember she did that at like the she performed that I think on MTV with like there was like a bunch of people who came out from underneath her dress. She was wearing like a big dress and a bunch of. Dancers uh, number seven it's called ready or not by a group called after seven and i don't remember that at yeah. all i have no idea what that is um so we're just gonna move on number eight is track uh or it's called hold on by Invogue. that was their first single that's oh, a hot yeah track. yeah i remember that yeah hold on to Payback by James Brown, sample mm-hmm. that they use on. Oh, yeah. And they start it with uh, an acapella rendition of Who's Loving You by the Jackson 5. Like, that's how it, it starts. That's it's right. awesome. That's right. Yeah. Uh, number nine is You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. Ooh. Still going by MC Hammer back then. <laughs> Not just Hammer. Please, please, Hammer. Please. Please. Please, for the love of God. Don't hurt him. Just don't hurt him. Just, just. Um, so. That would have been, all right, so it was number nine this week. I guess it was number eight the week before, so it would have been on its way down. Yeah. Because then at some point this summer, Ice Ice Baby would have been like a jam of that summer. I would say like within a month or two of. Yeah. And the clothing, the clothing, the suggested clothing barely, barely changed. (laughs) Well, the hammer pants. I mean, while hammer's relevant, the hammer pants were also relevant. <laughs> but they were also he was wearing, ice ice yeah. baby was wearing the same pants as Hammer. Oh yeah. I can the remember Z, Z or something like that, right? I I can remember 
I mean, I remember this album. I remember rocking out this album. But I remember thinking, like, I was going to be so cool at camp, that summer camp, that summer, because this song would still be a hot jam, and I, like, knew the dance and all that stuff like that. But then, like, it wasn't. It, 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 it like, kind of... But, uh, Ice Ice Baby was the summer song, and I, I didn't know the dance that was that. Did, I don't know if there was a dance. Did you have the pants? I did not have the pants. It's not for lack of trying. It's just... You know, when you're 11 years old, it's just tough to get your hands on some of those pants. Dude, I had some hammer style <laughs> pants. <laughs> it's, you gotta, you're trying to convince your mom that you need these pants. She ain't buying it. It's, mom, you don't these make... pants. I know, I know it doesn't like proper, like, outdoor wear. I know, but, but according to Hammer, it was very proper. I get that it looks like He's pajamas. Up, I'm so trying you. to walk you through this. We're going to have these pants. We just don't know. I'm not sure. So that was tough. Uh, And track number 10 that week is called I'll Be Your Shelter by Taylor Dane, which I I remember the name Taylor Dane, but I don't remember the song. I don't remember that one. I remember Taylor Dane. I don't remember the song. I'll Be Your Shelter. I'll Be Your Shelter. I'll Be Your Shelter. You say 12 Be Your Shelter. That's the kind of shelter we can all get behind. <laughs> I almost said I'll be sure. Remember I'll be sure. I'll be, sure, I'll be sure. I do remember I'll be sure. He was a uh, he was a New Jack Swing pioneer. Oh yeah, he was a pioneer yeah, of the was. New Jack Swing. Yeah, talked about him a couple um, months ago. We did. We did. Well, you guys got anything else? Yes, I would like to talk about. No, I clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're still with us, thank you so much for still being with us. That's it. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, something. Not 100% sure what it is yet. Yeah, How's decided. that for a teaser? Ooh, we'll be Ooh. back with something. You're good. <laughs> I know. I, know, you know. I mean, I I think if we, if we really keep working, we could be a third or even second rate podcast. I'm looking to be a fourth rate. <laughs> And then, and then I'll get excited. Okay. Um, well, that's it. Until we meet again, ladies and gentlemen, always be better. <laughs>